crazy to ride with Tim. And yes, his car scared me to death because there was something going on. When you're driving straight and the car begins to go in a direction you're not pointing it, something's wrong there, amen. But thanks be to God, he protected me all the way back from Morgantown and, uh, and took care of it. You know, God is faithful all the time. and God's been kind of dealing with me that I need to kind of do some preaching on faith. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're in a serious time here with the pandemic and with, with uh, what's going on in Afghanistan and all this world stuff going on, and, and some people don't have faith. Some Christians don't have the faith. And, and, you know, that's a problem if we're a Christian and we don't have the faith. And so I want you to pray. Pray as uh, we go through this little kind of series on faith. And I'm going to preach out of James, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to start the series today. I just want to go over a few things with faith before we start in a few scriptures to encourage you and direct you. Uh, yeah, I, the title is A Faith That Walks Through a Valley of Virus. You know, I don't know if you know it or not or realize it or not, but, you know, there's all kinds of crazy things going on and there's all kinds of fear in the world today and a lot of people don't have faith. A lot of church people don't have faith. They're scared to death. They're running. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm like Tim. I know the Lord walks with me. Now, I do know the Lord expects me to use wisdom, knowledge, and understanding too, Tim. You might check that out sometime. But anyway, you, you know, God is with us always if we have the strength to believe. And if we're walking in God's will and doing God's work. A couple of scriptures for the pandemic, you know. Uh, as all of this is rehappening now, you know what I'm saying? It's all coming back, and um, now it's coming back worse. And everybody, they're trying to scare us to death, and trying to get us to do this and get us to do that. I'm here to tell you, I'm going to do what God leads me to do, amen? I, I'm not going to do what government leads me to do. I'm going to do what God leads me to do, and if the government's in line with God, then it'll be all right, and if it's not, it won't. And a couple of scriptures, just to start out with, if I get this thing to work today. It's Psalms 23, 1 and 4. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And even through the valley, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Amen. I'm going to tell you, church, we're walking through the valleys right now. You know, all this stuff's going on and taking place, and, you, you know, I can't even imagine the Christians over in Afghanistan right now, what they're going through. You know, they're, they're going to kill them if they catch them, period. And it might not be putting that on TV, but that's what's happening. Uh, we were watching the other night, and a guy named Glenn Beck, you might have heard of him, you might not, he flew over there with his own money. He is flying Christians all over the, all the different countries to get them out of there the best that he can while he can, risking his own life to do this and his own money. I got a lot of respect for that. You know, in, in our walk of life, you're going to go through valleys. You're going to go through struggles. Where there's things that are going to happen, but I want you to know God is always with us. Always with us, no matter what. Sometimes we let it down. And 2 Corinthians is another one, 1 through 7, and it says, And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in suffering, you will also share in God's comfort. 
We have God's comfort. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. I lost my clip. I guess, uh, you know, what is the answer to fear? Keep your eyes on God. Stay concentrated. Stay focused. It's not the circumstances around us. It's not all the things going on in the world, but it's God. Corey Tinboom wrote this. She said, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But if you look at Christ, you'll be at rest. Now, you think about that. I don't know about you all, but I can lay my head down at night and I can rest. I can go to sleep and I can sleep good. problem I have sometimes is I'm preaching and praying all through my sleep. You know, I wake up praying for people, uh, for friends, for people I'm working with that just, just come to my mind. And that's God saying we need to pray. You know, the key to calmness and the key to confidence, the key to courage is crisis is faith. Your faith. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of all this stuff coming up and what's going on? Uh, a faith that doesn't work when life doesn't a faith that doesn't work when life doesn't work is worthless. A faith that doesn't work when life doesn't work. But this is a faith that works when life doesn't. I want you to think about that. We're going to I'm going to do a study in James in the next series that I'm going to do, and it's going to be about faith. James is a small book, five chapters, 108 verses, but it's packed with practical advice for places in crisis. And it covers every possible emotion. It covers all of our feelings, and especially during this time of a pandemic, when all this stuff keeps coming back and rushing back to us. And so I want to challenge you to pray about it. It's, it gives us practical principles for the Bible for living during this pandemic. And so God just kind of has led me into this, and, and I just keep praying. And, you know, this COVID-19, this disease, that, that has nothing to do with us as we walk in the power of God. But so many times... We'll let the negative stuff get to us. You know what I'm saying? And you could say disease, or you could say dis-ease. Are you diseased about what's taking place around you? Are you always worried about what's going on and what's going to happen? Yeah, we got to be smart, amen? You got to be smart. You got to realize where you're at and the circumstances around you. But it also, don't be flipping out. Don't. Don't go crazy about it. You know, people saying, oh, well, now we got to wear a mask. Now we got to wear two masks. Before long, they're going to have your whole body mask up. You know, that's not what God called us to do or called us to be as Christians. He called us to be strong in the face of the pandemic. He called us to take faith where there's fear. And so, you know, when we begin to walk in this and realize this, we begin to realize there's all kinds of negative emotions going on out there today. You know what I'm talking about? There's all kinds of negative stuff. And if you're not careful, you'll get caught up in it. 
There's emotions that, like anxiety, fear, loss, grief, loneliness, irritability. Do anybody know anybody that's irritable? Lord have mercy. I even get irritable sometimes. Feeling short-tempered. All kinds of emotions are going, going through with this pandemic. And, and so, you know, God's kind of directing. We, we, we need to start to focus on what, are, what, what kind of faith do you have? Do you have? I'm not talking about your mom or your dad or your church or your pastor. I'm talking about what kind of faith do you walk in? And I tell you, it takes maturity to, to become strong in your faith. It takes maturity to begin to walk in your calling and your gifts. We went yesterday and we supported Frontline Ministry, Frontline Recovery, and we met at uh, Annabelle's, and, and they were, were blessed us with a breakfast, and we got on our motorcycles, and, and we rode down to Charleston to see the facility, and God has blessed Adam only so much. I mean, he gave him this beautiful facility that used to be a doctor's office, imagine that. So all these rooms have, they have sinks in them. And they have beds in them. And these guys, it's like a brand new facility. It's like only God could drop something like that in, in Adam's lap because he got no money. He didn't have no money. His wife showed it to him and he started laughing at his wife. Because he didn't believe that that, that could happen. You see, God's dream's a whole lot bigger than your dream. God's got a lot more for you than what you expect or what you can even understand if you only begin to realize it. So James is a book, and we're going to go through all these emotions in life, and we're going to go through these studies about crisis and how it affects our relationships. And I want you to pray about it. The first section is kind of going to be dealing with God in specific areas, trusting God, like in our finances, our future, and in our health. The Bible teaches us to remember what to feel, what to do, what to be when we are in a crisis and under stress. You think about that. The Bible teaches us. Not the TV. Not, not a news channel. Not the internet where everybody knows what, what's going on and they can teach you everything. It's what we know is what gets us through. What do you know? Do you know God's Word? Do you read God's Word every day? You know, on the pipeline now, I've started reading the, in my phone because we get up so early in the morning and we get there. I still got a little bit of time and I begin to read my Scripture in my phone. And God just directed me to Proverbs. So I've been in Proverbs. And Proverbs is a very challenging book because it begins to challenge you the, the way you walk your life and, and the things you do and the wisdom and knowledge and understanding that God can give you. And so we need to think about it. Uh, in the letter of James, the first verse, and I'm just going to read this because I think it's important for what's going taking place right now. Uh, this is a letter it's from James, a servant of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, all of God's people who have been scattered everywhere in the world. Greetings. And I couldn't help but think about this in, in the crisis that's going on in Afghanistan. These people are being scattered and dispersed. And, and, and look, all, look all around. I mean, there's all these people that are coming to America. All these people that are being dispersed all over the place. 
And, and you can't help but wonder, you know, what's going on? You know, Lord, what are you doing? Why is God's people getting dispersed? This is what was taking place then, and now we look at it, and it's taking place now. There's a persecution, church. Whether you know it or not, there's a persecution taking place in Afghanistan, and there's a persecution taking place right here, right now. A lot of people don't know what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. But I'm going to tell you what. As Christians, we need to be strong because it's coming. And we need to be ready because God has a purpose and a plan for us, but we got to have faith to believe. We can't just cut and run, go to our homes, lock the doors, stay inside, and hope everything works out for the best. That's not what the church did in that era. It's not what the church is going to do today. We've got to be strong in what we do, and when we do that, God begins to bless us. This pandemic is a mess, amen? It's a mess. It's persecution. You know, we're seeing it happen all over. In the Roman time, it was the same way. The Romans begin to persecute the Christians and begin to scatter them all out. God allowed that to happen because they weren't moving. They weren't going. They were staying right there in their groups. When the persecution started, let me tell you, they started separating. They started going to other places and beginning to share the good news, the gospel. So James' book encourages them and encourages us today. Every one of us here today, you should be encouraged. And I want to encourage you to stand strong, to begin to pray. Pray for what's taking place over in Afghanistan. Pray for what's taking place right here, right now. Because they're trying to tell us what we need to do all the time. And I'm here to tell you, God will tell us what we need to do if we're faithful and we trust God. Amen? In Proverbs, it says, the gullible believe anything. They're not told, but the prudent sift weight every word. Think about that. What you're being told. What are you being told today? You're being told all kinds of stuff on TV about this virus and about how much of this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And if you get this shot or if you get that shot and if you get a shot, then next year you're going to have to have another shot and next year you're going to have to have a shot. What is the truth? Somebody tell me the truth. Just let me know what's going on, okay? And just because they tell me what they think is the truth, it might not be the truth. Fear. Are you afraid? The first emotion we have is fear. God didn't call us to be Christians in fear. God called us to be strong. In the name of Jesus Christ, he wasn't afraid. And they crucified him. People are afraid. Fear. It's the first emotion we're going to deal with. What's the solution to fear? Somebody... Said fear spelled like this, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Now pay attention because I'm telling you there's all kinds of things going on here around us. There's all kinds of people trying to pour out all kinds of information. Is it real? Are they telling us the truth? Do you bother Looking for the truth, or are you just taking anything and everybody's truth? You ever see anybody, everything on Facebook? They think it's the truth. I'm like, do you realize anybody can get on Facebook and write anything they want to write? And it might not be the truth. 
We need to begin to find the truth and realize the truth and begin to find the facts. There are six things we need to remember that will reduce our fear and help build our faith. The prudent man always acts out of knowledge. Now, when I say man, it's man and woman. I mean, I'm not leaving the women out here. This is just the text. But always acts out of knowledge. Do you act out of knowledge? Or do you act out of just what somebody tells you? Or are you afraid because of uh, what this is happening or what that's happening? You know, every crisis has an agenda. Do you believe that? It has an agenda. It, it can be used as a crisis for political advantages. It can be used as a crisis for conspiracy theories. Anybody heard any conspiracy theories? Yeah. Blame, fault finding, a crisis for financial remedies. Man, I tell you what, I'm not relying on people to take care of me. I'm relying on God to take care of me. And God will give me the finances I need that I, to take care of. Every one of us. We're supposed to be good stewards of those finances too. You want to be blessed, you give back and God will give back more. I've seen it over and over and over in my ministry. Price gouging. Man, anybody ever heard of a two-by-four costing $10? What happened? Are we missing trees or what's going on here? You can't order anything anymore because everything's back-ordered. Anything you want to buy, they'll say, we got it, but we won't have it for six months. We'll get it to you. I'm telling you, we're seeing all kinds of stuff taking place here. Offering fake remedies. Fake remedies. I'm going to tell you something. You need to ignore it all. The prudent person always acts out of knowledge. We find our knowledge in the Word of God. And, and we know that the truth sets us free. You hear what I mean? I'm free because of Jesus. I'm free because I know without a doubt that I know God came into this world in the body of Jesus Christ. He lived, he died, he was crucified, he ascended to heaven, and he sits on the throne right now interceding for every single one of us. Amen? And I thank God that he gave us a book. They call it a testament. New Testament and Old Testament. And it all goes together about how we should live our lives and the things we need to watch out for. Oh, you know, it's end times. It's end times. This pandemic, it's just the beginning of the end times. Do you know how many pandemics we've had? you know how many plagues we've had? We've had all kinds. And so we need to be ready. We need to pay attention. We need to be strong in our faith, and we need to be free. And if you're not free... Man, I feel so sorry for you because God has so much planned for his Christian people in this time of crisis, in this pandemic we're dealing with right here and right now. Proverbs 18, 13 says, what a shame. Yes, it is folly to decide before knowing the facts. To decide before knowing the facts. Do you make decisions before you really know what the truth is, or do you just go by, by channel 13 or channel 5 or channel 8 and say, oh, that's what they said on TV, let's go, let's, let's get it, let's, let's get this or get that. I understand everybody's different, 
but we need to know the facts. And when we begin to study the word, God will give us the facts. A foolish person doesn't care about the facts. All he wants to do is yell. <laughs> you, ever watch, you ever watch any of those news channels where they're constantly hollering, screaming, and yelling, and acting a fool in, in, the, in the White House and in the rooms that are supposed to be making all the decisions for the United States and half the world, and they're hollering and screaming and acting like a bunch of fools? I'm just saying what the Word says. I'm just telling you. Pay attention. You get around people acting like that, you need to get away from them. Amen? Because they're not about God, they're about themselves. And what it's coming down to today, it's about self, it's about a politic, it's about, about you believe this way or do you believe my way or do you believe that way? I believe the Word of God. And if I stay in the Word of God, I'm telling you, God will get me through it. I pay attention. I wash my hands. I've always done that. Amen? Things are going to happen. The flu has been here for years, and people were dying of that, and they never made a big deal out of it. I wonder how many people died this year of the flu that they said died by COVID. Think about it. Trying to build up everything. It's a shame. We need to pay attention. The wise man looks ahead. The foolish person attempts to fool himself and won't face the facts. Won't face the facts. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus died for our sins. And he'll set you free. And that's a fact. And all you got to do is ask him for forgiveness. And ask him to come into your heart. And when you do that, your life will change as you know it. If you do it from your heart. Talk's cheap. You can talk all the time. But when you really begin to understand what God's doing, God's doing great things. Proverbs 23, 23 says, get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to good sense. You've got to have good sense. Constantly talks about getting the facts. Getting the facts. Where are your facts coming from? Does it come from the internet? Does it come from a group of people? Does it come from a book you're reading that somebody wrote? I've been noticing that everybody's writing a book now. You know? I, I got all I can do right here in this book. Amen? Now, there are some great, great Christians writing books too. So we got to be able to discern our facts and have good sense. Second thing we need to remember is not everyone's at equal risk. Amen? In this time of pandemic, some people are at major risks. And some people aren't. And some people are saying, you got to have the shot. And other people are saying, the natural immunity is the best way to go. If you got a natural immunity. Whatever the case is, we're not all the same here. Amen? And so we need to discern for ourselves, letting God... Lead us in the word and in his will and in the, the brothers and sisters that we love. We can help each other to get through this. The third thing is to remember is this is going to pass. You hear me? Every plague, every epidemic that's ever happened has passed. This will pass. 
you take it to the bank, you do whatever you think, it's going to pass. You know, why are people so surprised? Why do people ask the question, why does God allow this to happen? Do you think God just allows these things to happen? Do you think there's a reason why, why, why is why is this illness in our planet? You know, why is because the moment that, that evil and sin was released into the world, we've, we've had this, what you call, broken world. Nothing works perfectly. You hear what I'm saying? Nothing works perfectly. Not in our lifetime. We got broken weather. We have broken economies. We got broken plans. Never works perfectly. Relationships are broken. Bodies are broken. Doesn't work perfectly. Your brain, your body, sin has broken everything on earth. Everything on earth. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked when you're going through painful trials and fiery tests in life. You hear me? Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when, when we're going through a battle because this stuff's going to happen. Evil's let loose. There's sin in the world. We got to deal with it. Amen. We're not perfect still. We're still living in a life that, that has that taking place all around us. So we got to make a choice now. You understand? We all have to make a choice. And God loves us and wants us to make that choice. The earth suffered for the sins of people, for they have twisted the instruction of God, violated his laws, broken his covenant. Therefore, the earth has broken down and has utterly collapsed. Everything is lost, abandoned, and confused. Isaiah. You think about that. We got to have faith. To let people know that even though we're in such a state, we serve a God that can do all things. And, and when we begin to realize that, and we begin to help people see that, lives begin to change. Your life changes. My life changes. Everybody's life changes. When you make that step, and you begin to have faith, and, and you begin to serve God, and things begin to fall in place that never could have fell in place before, you say, wow, that's God. When Tim rolled down the hill, Tim's a big guy. It's lucky he didn't break both legs, amen. He had spiritual all around him. So why does God allow sin to happen? Why does he allow sin to happen? You know and I know, if God wanted to right now, he could strike down every evil and every sin that there is right now. Right now. But God give us a privilege. Does horses sin? Do cows sin? God gives us a privilege. It's called free choice. Free choice. Every one of us here have it. Everyone out there has it. Everyone in the world has free choice. And that's one of the greatest threats because so many people make bad choices. What kind of choices are, are you making? You see, God wanted a group of people to love him 
and to choosing. God didn't want to make people love him. God could make us all love if we wanted, if he wanted to, but he gives us that choice because he loves us that much. I thank God every day that I made that choice. I thank God every day that, that you know, God sent people into my life to pray for me and, and to help me, to give me discernment and understanding. And I begin to get a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of understanding that began to grow. And that's the way we mature as Christians in life. And so, you know, it's a choice that you've got to make and I've got to make. Sometimes it's going to go against what other people believe. Amen? Sometimes it's going to go against our, our country. Sometimes it's going to go against, it, it said it was twisted. It said that they violated his laws. Do we see laws being violated today? Do we see God's covenant being broken all over the place? People doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's like, and I'm talking about in church. We have churches today teaching a mess. It's like, how do you get that from the Word of God? I can read it. You can read it. We all can read it. It's not in there. You can't put that in there. But yet people continue to do that. Our faith is so important, church. And I don't know if you're getting a hold of this or not, but as we grow and we move, we got to have this faith. We have this, this Lord's Prayer. And we pray this Lord's Prayer. Did you ever notice what the Lord's Prayer says? Our Father, who art in heaven, I'll be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth, as it is in heaven. You see, we're praying for this perfect world on the earth, but it's never going to be perfect until we go to heaven. You think about that. It's never going to be perfect until we go to heaven. It's never going to be complete until we go to heaven. But when we get to heaven... There's going to be no more sadness, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more sin, no more evil. There's not going to be any of that in heaven. You know, we can pray and pray and pray all we want that it comes down to earth, but we know in all reality it's never going to be perfect here. So we need to suck it up and begin to stand on, on the Word of God and say this is the truth and the truth will set you free. You want to know why America's so messed up? It's because people have gotten away from the Word of God. They've gotten away from the truth and they begin to do whatever they want to do. If it makes them feel good, oh honey, you're okay. Just do whatever you want to do. God still loves you you ever hear that you can do whatever you want to do God still loves you God does love us but God does not want us to do whatever we want to do God wants us to do what he wants us to do and that's when things begin to happen remember to stay focused on what is unchanging I'm going to tell you, with this pandemic now, all this stuff that's changing, you can go inside, you can go outside. you got to have a card that says you're vaccinated if you want to go eat a meal at a restaurant in places. You can't do this. You can't do that. Lord, what's happening here? Why is all this stuff changing all the time? You know, now we're in the country, and we're blessed here. Can somebody say amen? 
you imagine living in New York City or Los Angeles or, or, or Chicago? My Lord, places are going crazy. People are getting killed all over the place. And it's like, oh, we need to get rid of the guns. Oh, that's a smart thing to do. Take the guns from the honest people so that the crooks can kill you. That's a good thing, right? you you got to think about the government's logic and, and the people in high places that some people vote for. God forbid, I used to know people that would vote for Democrat or Republican just because that's who they were. So if you got a murderer running as a Republican, you're going to vote for him? Yep, that's right. Are you out of your mind? You got people killing babies, you're going to vote for them? They, they agree with that. Are you going to vote for them? Yep, I'm a Democrat. I'm going to do that. Now, I'm just spitting them words out. I don't know, Democrat, Republican. I don't know what you are in here. I hope you're child of the king. Amen. I, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. And I thank God every day that God gave me the discernment to understand that. I don't have to be that. I'm a Christian, and I'm going to be led by the Word of God and what the Word of God tells me. That's the way I'm going to live my life. That's the way I'm going to vote. You know, when Trump got elected, I wasn't going to vote for anybody that year until I heard Pence's testimony on Facebook. And Pence give his testimony about being a Christian and getting saved and serving God. And that changed my mind. I said, God's doing something here. So, you know, we need to focus on what's unchanging. And what is unchanging? It's God's Word. It's God's Word. We just got to know. We got to begin to walk in it. For our temporary moment, temporary and momentary troubles will not last, but they are achieving for us an eternal glory outweigh for outweighs that far outweighs my eyes, forgive me, them all. So we focus on what is seen, but on we focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What are we focusing on, church? Jesus Christ. I can't see Jesus, but I know it's eternal life. That eternal life is what we need to focus on. No matter whether I live or die, I'm all right. No matter what happens in this earth, I'm all right. Because I believe in the Word of God. I believe in Jesus Christ. He promises to walk with us. No matter what happens, we're okay. Six unchanging truths. The first one is, God sees what you're going through, and, he's all, and He sees it all. Second thing, God cares about everything you're going through. Third thing is, God has a power to answer prayer and give you the strength through what you're going through. The fourth thing, God always acts out of his goodness, and he is always good to you. Always good to us. The fifth thing, God's plan for your life is always better than your own plan. Is always better than your own plan. What's your plan for life? Well, just think of something greater. Because that's what it is. And the sixth one is never stop. God never stops loving us. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he never stops loving us? 
The fifth thing is remember, no matter what I go through, God will go through it with me. What are you going through today? What are you struggling with? What are you afraid of? What's your fears? You know, God never stops loving us. I tell people this all the time. Don't matter what sin you're in, do you know God still loves you? God still is seeking you out. God's still wanting you to come. But it's up to us to make the decision. God's love is eternal. Never stops. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up and it will not consume you. God's always with us. It doesn't matter what you're going through, church. It doesn't matter where you're at in this process. God is with us. Why is God with us? Is because he loves us that much. He created us in his image. It doesn't matter what's going on if we just have faith to believe. Faith is very important. Number six is we remember this is not the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. Have you ever read the end? Have you ever read the end of the Bible? Who wins? We do. This is not the end. I thank God that no matter what, we win. I've read the end. We win. It doesn't matter if we stand strong, if we have faith. God is with us. He's always with us. He's always going to take care of us. We got to know the end of the story. You got to have faith to believe that no matter where you're at, God's walking with you and taking care of you and keeping you. God wins in the end. God's allowing things to happen, I believe, without a doubt, to get our attention, church. To get the world's attention out there. There are so many people today that are unchurched. On the job that I'm on, there's so many people there that don't know Jesus personally. Now, they might know Jesus, but they don't have that personal relationship. Probably where you work, too, there's so many people. You know, I... I thank God that he's always with us. We got to live in hope in the middle of the pain. I stopped and seen Ronald yesterday. I told Ronald, I said, Ronald, you're a winner either way, brother. And he said, I know. He couldn't talk a lot. And they're with us on our service right now. And I want to tell them we love them. And we're praying for them. And in the, Kathy, in the middle of this pain, God's with you. And God loves you. And there's hope like you can't imagine. I pray some, sometimes I pray, God, just give me a little glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. Just give me a little glimpse of, of things that it's going to be so beautiful I can't even imagine. I can imagine some really cool stuff. I've been to a lot of countries and a, and a lot of great places that have a lot of wealth. And it says I can't even imagine what heaven's going to be like. Man, if that don't give us hope, what does give us hope? And all this persecution around us, all these things that are people are talking about us, Christians and this and that, it gives us hope. We win. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9, 14, it says, We often suffer, but we're never crushed. I don't like this text. I'm going to use another text. 
8 says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Now I'm reading some extra scriptures here. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Aren't you glad? It doesn't matter what happens. The Lord is with us. We're not crushed. We're not perplexed. God is with us. I thank God every single day for what he continues to do. In Revelations 21.4, I'm almost finished. This has been a long one. But then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things will pass away. The old order of things will pass away, and behold, all things will become new. Faith makes a difference in our critical time, church. You need to be strong in your faith. I'm going to tell you this, and I tell you this all the time. Get in the Bible and read it. Get in the Bible and read it. Remember that God wants me to help others. God wants us to help others. Do you realize that God has constantly called us to be helpers, to be servants, to, to serve the Lord, to make a difference? You know, I don't know if you realize this or not. And maybe I said this once before. But, you know, in the second and third century, there was a lot of plagues. And you know who rose up and helped Rome? The Christians. The Christians began to go in and be with the people who had the plagues. The Christians were the ones that started the first hospitals. Did you know that? It wasn't the government. It wasn't a business. It was the Christians that started the hospitals. I believe that, that the word says that this is a kind of a hospital, amen, for the broken, for the hurting. And so, you know, as we get ready to close today, are we willing to help others? Are you willing to help somebody? In 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Together you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of that body. The body of Christ. Not talking about a church here. Talking about the body of Christ. I believe God's trying to put the body back together. God's, God's starting to take our, our, our attendance away from the building and starting to take it out into the streets where the hurting people are. You know, we can come here and and socialize and praise God and have fun. But out there is where the people are really hurting. Out there is where the people are struggling. That's why he's calling us to the streets, church. Church has left the building, what John said. That's what we're really being called to right now. There's so many people out there that are broken and hurting, don't know what's going on in all this chaos and this crisis, and they're looking for answers. Do you know you can give them the answer? 
You can give them the answer. It's right here. See, I'll read with you. I'll, I'll help you. You know, I'll, I'll help you with the Word of God. But you know what? Unless you have the Holy Spirit living within you, you will not be able to understand this. And there's a lot of people reading the Bible right now that can't understand it because they haven't completely accepted Jesus Christ into their life yet. And so we need to pray. And I want to encourage you to walk in that faith. Dear friends, we are praying that all will be well with you and that your body will be as healthy as we know your soul is. Is your body and your soul healthy? In John 13, 35, your love for each other will show to the world that you are my disciples. You know, church, I've been talking and talking about disciples. And, and this faith that we have is a powerful thing. This faith that we have, it heals. There's miracles that happen. There's signs and wonders the Bible says that follows our church, us, me and you. When I went up to see Adam in, in his recovery building, I'm like, man, what a miracle God has done in Adam's life. Took him out of jail recovered him and set him out to do God's work with people that a lot of people won't give the time of day to that won't stop and say hi to you or talk to you or care about you there's no hope for them because nobody cares there's people out there today just dying for somebody to say hello and I love you and that God loves you no matter where you're at, no matter whether you're addicted or you're struggling with anxiety, depression, whatever it is, God loves you and God will meet you where you're at. But you've got to have faith. Breaks my heart the most is there's so many people that call themselves Christians and they pray for things and then they walk away and say, God will never do that for me. It's so sad that you don't have enough faith to believe that God will take not what we want, but what we need. So as we get ready to close, I'm just going to ask you to pray for faith. I want to ask you to pray as we go through this series in James that, that you'll begin to open your eyes and realize God wants to have a personal relationship with you. Not just call me when you're sick or, or, or to bless your meal, but God wants to have a 24-7 relationship to let you know how much he loves you. And let you know how big a plan God has for you. Me and John were talking this morning. And there are so many talented people in this church. So many talented people. But they're not using their talents. So I want to challenge you. Use your talents. Don't be afraid. Step out. And say, okay, God, I'm out here in the world. And all this chaos is all around me. And this crisis and this pandemic. And people are scared to death. But I am going to stand on a rock. And I'm going to begin to show them your power through my faith. And let me tell you, you'll get people's attention. People will begin to say there is something different about that person. And the difference is that we have faith to believe what the Word of God says. Not what the government tells you. Not what Facebook says. Not, not any of that stuff, but the Word of God. So as we get ready to close, I just invite you to pray. Pray for your faith. Pray maybe for your friend's faith. 
Maybe you know a Christian that's backslidden, and he needs or she needs to get back with God. Pray for that thing. Pray for our school systems as they start back. These poor kids are dealing with all this stuff. Pray for we care daycare. That as we get people coming in, that we can show them the love of Jesus Christ. And they'll see something different in our church. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, John. Would you pray today? When peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrow like seas billows roll what Satan should buffet the trial shall come let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and have shed his own blood for my soul. It is well.
If we don't have a faith that works, there's no use in having any faith. But because we have this faith that works, this faith begins to touch people's lives. And so as you go out this week, test your faith out. Step out into places where you wouldn't normally step out. Tell people that God loves them where you'd normally be afraid to say something. We'll make a difference in people's lives, amen. Show them you love them by the way you care. And God will use you immensely, amen. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we know that there's people that are scared all around us, Lord, as this crisis has taken place and all the things that are happening and, and people are taking advantage of people. But, Lord, we know that you're in control, and we have faith to believe and stand on that solid rock. And it is well with my soul because of your word and because of your promises. Not because of what the world promises me, but because of you, Lord. So, Lord, I ask you to touch each and every one that's here today with a special touch of love. For those out in Facebook land, Lord, let them know that they have a choice. Everyone seated here, seated here today has a choice. But we got to make a choice. And we will, good or bad, we'll make a choice. So, Lord, we thank you. Lead God and direct us. Help us to love you like you love us, Lord. And, Lord, we'll go out and change the world. Forgive us where we fall so short.